And welcome back to another exciting inclusion of this episode podcast that we like to call What's Next Comic Book Podcast, where every month we go over the solicitations that are put out monthly by different comic book publishers, including Marvel, DC, Image, Boom, Studios, and Dark Horse. I am your co-host, Evan Von Doom. I'm Dallas Taylor. And this is the podcast. So right off the bat, because Dallas is the one who usually remembers to do this, but if you don't know what solicitation is, it's basically a little pamphlet or it used to be a pamphlet or like in magazines but now it's uh, put out digitally but at the end of every month the different publishers will put out what comics are coming up three months from now so this is march so now we're looking at the june solicitations this episode so we're just going to go through these solicitations together and talk about what excites us and you know we might poke a little fun at a few things, but it's all love. We all we're all excited. You know, if something sounds exciting for you or interesting to you, we encourage you to check it out, even if you don't know what it's about. You know, just go for it. Unless it's like Gunslinger Spawn, then like look in okay. the mirror and ask yourself, <laughs> "What am no. I doing? Why am I here? What is no. the purpose of my life?" Well, okay, hold on. Gunslinger Spawn. If you're gonna read a Spawn book, I don't read Spawn because uh, it's boring. But if you're gonna read a sp- <laughs> if you're gonna read a Spawn book. I think Gunslinger Spawn sounds like the cool one to go with. Listen, I like making fun of Spawn because it is always punching up. That book has like 400 (laughs) issues. Todd McFarlane has hundreds of millions of dollars. It is always morally right to punch up. If if you're going to punch at a comic book, Spawn is the one that you're allowed to do it to. Like, don't pick on some other indie creation, some other creator-owned book that's a passion project for someone. Poke fun at the big hollow one that was made by the guy who doesn't even care about it anymore. That's not something I'm going I'm not going to agree or disagree with that. Uh, if you like spawn, you know, we respect that continue to support it. You know, the more you support indie comics, the better the industry gets. Um, but yeah, there, there are better comics out there than spawn for sure. But you know, what it's like, what the longest running indie comic right now has to be, I think ever, I think it passed Cerberus. Easy money. Which so, is crazy. Yeah, it is pretty crazy. That is an accomplishment. You know what? Good job, yeah. Todd. Give it up to Todd. Hey, here's to you, Todd. Ding. Congratulations. <laughs> Good job, man. Yeah. We approve. So, to nobodies. Solicitations are a really funny distribution model for anything. But just to be clear, if you want to support a book, it is imperative that you are part of the pre-order chain for that Mm. book based on these solicitations. There are final order cutoff days where the number of comics that have been requested by the shops is solidified. And those numbers are what determine the life of a comic book. If the final order cutoffs for the first three issues are strong, that book will get pushed past six issues. If they are not, it will not go past six issues. So the reason that spawn has stayed around as long as it has is because there is a dedicated fan base that consistently pre-orders that book through their comic shop. The pre-order process on the ground floor for you as a fan just means going to your comic shop, setting up a pull list and then going and purchasing that pull list. If you have a pull list that you have not gone to see recently please go see it. Go help your comic book store out because they have invested money in you that they are now losing because you haven't been to visit and pick up those comics. So it's a funny little industry, but it's one that you can have a direct effect on. Yeah. 
and obviously it's not the best system at all. So we're not saying oh, no. like, you know, don't criticize it. 100% criticize it. Revolt if you want to. Rebel. Rebellion's good. But, um, you know, just keep in mind that there are people working behind the scenes of local comic book shops uh, in your neighborhood that love you and love comics. So the best we could do is try to support them. If you can't do single issues, you know, it's not, it's not too bad waiting for a trade, you know? Like, there's no shame in waiting for a trade, but if, if you have the money to spend and you can't spend on something you love, you should. I think one of the hardest parts about our little society right now is that we look around and we see a lot of broken systems, mm-hmm. but within those broken systems are people who still need our help day to day. So you look at the comic book industry and you say, there is such a better way to do this. But within that comic industry are a ton of creative, vital, wonderful people that if we don't play into this system a little bit, they don't get to fulfill those dreams in the same way. Yeah. And so it feels like there's a constant catch 22 where you're <laughs> like, man, there's got to be a better way. But to shake things up enough to make that better way, we're going to hurt these comic creators. And I hope we figure it out soon. Yeah. Honestly, it's not even up to us. It's up to, you know, the publishers. They're the ones that really need to change the way to do things. And uh, they won't for a long time, probably. Yeah. So maybe like a new leadership will come along and they'll be like, this sucks. This is not the way to do it. You know, because right now we're still seeing a lot of people who were working in like the 90s, right? Like that's like the prime time they're working. Like, you know, Jim Lee's running DC. He, he's been around for a minute, but a lot of that time was not the best way of distributing comics. And he was there right after the failure of comics. Right. Or like, yeah. So I'm not saying he's like a, a bad, <laughs> he's not a bad person or like he's doing a bad job per se, but he's not the one that's going to make the big innovative changes. It's going to be someone from like the generation right before us. Right. Or our generation, hopefully. So. Yeah, and I think we see exciting models, right? People like James Tynan, who are finding a lot of success outside of the big two model because of smart marketing and just good ideas that people want to be a part of. You have people like uh, Jonathan Hickman, who within the big two model, everywhere that guy goes, he revitalizes what he does. He has a background in marketing. He knows how to make things desirable to the consumer and so i think there are some really strong personalities that can help the comics industry a lot in the next five to ten years 100 percent. yeah weird tangent that i took us on but thank you for going there with me no i don't mind i think you know we usually start with jokes and stuff but every <laughs> once in a while it's good you know it's good to be solemn every once in a while and just start with like a very cold like hey guys let's have a serious conversation I know you come here to relieve stress while you're driving to work or, you know, break it up with your girlfriend, but we're here right now to talk some serious business. Listen, if you just broke up with your girlfriend, I want you to think, damn, are comics going to make it? <laughs> they are. They always have. Comics have been dying since 1946, and they're still going great. So 2022 was one of the biggest years for comics of all time. So comics are great. Yeah, manga, I guess, is better, depending who you ask. <laughs> I hate that debate. That's the worst debate. Actually, no, that's not true. The worst debate on comics Twitter and like Twitter in general is 100% the summer, the Superman trunks or no trunks debate. Hate it. Stupid debate. As long as the character looks cool, who cares? No one actually really cares, right? But second dumbest debate, 
is 100% manga versus comics. It's not a competition. They both love each other. There's a lot of love. You know, you know why my, my academia is so big right now? It's because someone who makes manga was just like, damn, I love comics. And so he made his own comic in the manga sphere. It's not that big of a deal. We can all learn from each other. We can all love each other. We can all like different things, you know. It is an art form that has grown well past the bo- the borders that initially created it, and it's only gotten better because of it. 100%. Comics are an art form, not a national medium. Manga are comics, everybody. They're not going to like that one. But I agree. 100% agree. It's like <laughs> I remember I was called anime, like, cartoon. I was like, oh, yeah, like, you know, cartoons, blah, blah, blah. And so I was like, it's anime. And I was like, I don't know what you want from me, man. It's drawn <laughs> and it's animated. It's a cartoon, dude. It's it's all good. Like I'll call it anime if you want to, but if you're gonna yell at me, I'm gonna continue to call it cartoon. That's funnier for sure. <laughs> I didn't even mean like like people see see people hear cartoon or animation and they think it's like offensive. I love cartoons. I love yeah. Dragon Ball Z. I love Adventure Time. You know, they're good cartoons. I they're love fun. that Goku cartoon. I love that Goku cartoon with the freezer. You know. It's great. It's fantastic. Oh, I mean, <laughs> most reliably I ever watched anime was when I fully was just like, dang, it's that one cartoon with all the yelling going on. <laughs> Dragon Ball Z. There was no little Dallas like, hmm, yes, the anime. I don't think I ever saw two episodes in a row of Dragon Ball Z. And I was just along for the ride. You also didn't miss out anything if you skipped an episode. I know. <laughs> Nothing that, would happen for like two episodes in a row. <laughs> that was my always my big takeaway was I would watch it and I'd be like, what happened? What happened in this episode? Yeah. And they, they would tell you next episode, thankfully. Next time on Dragon Ball Z, we swear some shit will happen. Believe it or not. And it never did. Goku takes on Frieza. And I'm like, didn't that just happen? They're still sizing each other up. Mm-hmm. Meanwhile, Piccolo... Uh is there piccolo never gets anything to do that's why anime is bad it's because piccolo is just like so it's racist that's what i'm getting at they just short change piccolo at every turn they can get it's unfair Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. yes the only good anime no i'm just kidding i'm not gonna (laughs) jump into that (laughs) it's my hero no full metal alchemist i love that's my favorite brotherhood Mm. brotherhood real good i love that i think cowboy bebop is my favorite but that's also fair we're so normy there's Dude. someone who's probably <laughs> yeah. there's definitely someone listening to this right now and be like actually sit on my face anime is the best one we're like what the fuck are you i never heard of that one my girlfriend turned to a chair anime I'm like okay dude <laughs> I, don't yeah. know. I remember i had this roommate who was a i don't even know what it was about but he was always like you've really got to give fruits basket a try and i was like i don't what know the fuck looks a little I don't weird like the sound of it's got a bunch of little anime girls with fruit baskets on the front and he's like it's so funny you gotta try it that's like, dangerous i that seems strange i'm not that's, gonna do that definitely the that. strangest anime i definitely the most risky anime i watched which i don't know if it should have been allowed was kill a kill that one was a very fun is. one to oh my god it's a very fun one to watch but also it's hard because you're like oh yeah after like after every episode I'm like that was a lot Oh yeah, they're sixteen. What the fuck? And they're like, <laughs> they have like boob physics and stuff. And you're like, what? What? This is awful. This is not good. But the animation's so good, you kind of have to watch it. That Kids, don't like watch it. My don't watch Avatar. Yes, my roommates are always like, you really got to get over your anime bias, man. I was like, I don't know. It always just feels very horny, and I, I don't, 
want to sit down and like watch a horny show with you guys. And they're like, it's not like that. And they've got me to sit down and watch the episode of sword art online that they were watching. Oh no. And like two and a half minutes in this character falls onto another and like her boobs like slam onto his hands and they just sit with her boobs in his hands for like six minutes. And I was like, this is what I'm talking about. They're like, it's not even like this. This is the first time it's been like this. It wasn't. I know. I was like, mm, okay, well, I'm going to the other room. Yeah. It's, you know, obviously not to shit on anyone who watches anime or likes anime. I watch anime. I like anime. There's some yeah. risky stuff I watch. Where I'm like, this isn't okay. Like my hair academia, which I love also has moments where I'm like, this shouldn't be shown on TV, you know, but also, you know, we probably should continue to make fun of it until they change. Cause like, that's all <laughs> the only way we bring about change is by making fun of things. Yeah. So, it's a little bit like, like one of my favorite animes is Gurren Lagann. And there's a character that every time she shoots her sniper rifles, her boobs go oh. banana pants. Yeah, that's Studio Trigger. They did Kill a Kill. Yeah, yeah. So yeah. I know all about boob <laughs> physics. I was like, what is happening in this show? I mean, it's great. I, I guess I'm here for the, along for the ride. But uh, what is happening? <laughs> so... That's why we like comics, because there's never been a time in comic history where it was inappropriate towards young women. Yeah. Western comics, they have female representation down. They've nailed 100%. it. 100%. No notes. Nothing to change. And that's why we have a man writing Wonder Woman now. As hey, it should be. Listen here. What? You're right. But I'm still <laughs> excited. DC, for a dollar, name one woman besides Teeny Howard. For a dollar. She's on three books right now. She's having quite the DC moment. And I am consistently confuzzled as to why I like her books with Betsy Braddock so much and none of her other books. Hmm. You know, like I, I liked Excalibur. I liked Knights of X. I'm liking Captain Britain. But I hopped on Harley Quinn for Sweeney Boo because Sweeney Boo is the best. Love it. But like... Boy, howdy! It's gonna be a, it's gonna be a ride. After that first issue, I was like, "Okay, right, the mm. art was great." Yeah, she's interesting. She wrote something that I really liked, and then she wrote Excalibur, which I didn't like, and then I didn't even read Knights of X because I was like, "I can't do that." And I tried Catwoman, wasn't really for me, and I haven't tried Harley Quinn yet or Punchline, but I'm gonna try both of those because. The artists are amazing. She keeps working with great artists too, which is like the hard part. Like she's working with Gleb for a uh, punchline. And so wow. I'm like, I got to check out punchline. Like Gleb's art, mm, chef's kiss. But Holly Quinn, I love Sweeney Boo, but it might be a pass. I don't know. I also have crossed over this line where I'm part of the problem where like I was reading her Harley Quinn book and there were things that she was talking about that I was like, I know exactly. Just looking at the timeline of these things. I know what you read from Grant Morrison's newsletter, Xanadoom, that made you make this story. And that makes me like raise an eyebrow. Like, hey, now, because I know Teeny's a huge Grant Morrison fan. And she was talking about a bunch of stuff that was in their newsletter like five months ago. I was like, hey, now, hey, now. Cool it. Which is good. We should all be learning from Grant Morrison. That is so. true. Speaking of Grant Morrison, um, just for everyone's, so they know, um, and don't say I never gave you guys anything or did anything for you. Uh, Marvel, Infinity Comics, or whatever they're called right now, Infinity, Infinity Comics. 
there's a series going on called Love Unlimited. And the current book or the current story that they're doing is going to be like two or three quote unquote issues is uh, with Gwenpool. So My Girl's Back uh, is written by Jeremy Whitley, arts by Bailey Roseland, I think. It's very fun. Uh, I read the first issue so far. Very good. So, you know, go support that. Uh, obviously, this has nothing to do with Grant Morrison, but I want to talk about Gwenpool for a second. Uh, 100%, yeah. go check it out. If you never checked out Gwenpool, this is a great place to start, actually. They really give you a good starting point. You know, it starts off as a romance, then Gwenpool does her Gwenpool thing. So you get, like, um, introductory introductory to, like, what her character's like and what her stories are normally like. Um, it's honestly, if this creative team did more, I would 100% just keep, keep checking it out. So they weren't, obviously, my first choice but i also just never considered them but they brought Gwenpool back and they did a great job so i'm for it have you read a lot of jeremy whitley comics oh maybe i don't check them out he wrote um he invented the nadia van dyne character for wasp agents of girl uh, he writes oh, a lot she of did... oh he did wasp yeah he writes okay. a lot of that tone of books like young female protagonists that are really charming and quirky and fun with like social issues at the front i think yeah. he's really talented actually kind of a an underrated name in the comic sphere yes i loved wasp that's another book that people should check out because it was definitely not given the love it deserved at the time but yes i didn't know that was him now i do congratulations jeremy i'm your fan now so mm-hmm. hope it was worth it all right oh, should okay. we talk comics yeah let's do it all right Dun, Let's start. Dun, dun. Okay. You know, it's supposed to be like a good thing that we're talking about the comics solicitations. You know, we're here to celebrate comics and uh, the creators behind dun, it. Dun, dun, dun. Okay, we'll take it. Let's go. Let's <laughs> start. All right. Speaking of start, let's start with Boom Studios and Dark Horse. So for Boom Studios, we have Fence, Redemption, number one, Creed, number one, Wilds End, number one, Once Upon a Time at the End of the World, number six, uh, A Vicious Circle, number two, Power Rangers Unlimited, the, co- the Coinless, number one, Mighty Morphin Power Rangers number 109, Magic Plane Walkers Noble number 1, Ghost Lore number 2, Seasons Have Teeth, wait, nope, god damn it, The Seasons Have Teeth number 3, The Neighbors number 4, Ex- The Expanse Dragon Tooth number 3, Dune House Harkin number 6, The Vampire Slayer number 15, and Something is Killing the Children, Pen and Ink number 1. And then from Dark Horse, we have, let me go to the top. All Eight Eyes, number three. Blue Book, number five. Great British, yeah, nope. Great British Bump Off, number three of four. Hairball, number three of four. Hellboy and BPRD, 1957, Fearful Symmetry, one shot. Of course. <laughs> Lonesome Hunters, The Wolf Child, number two. Lunar Lodge, number one. Masquerade, number six. Miss Truesdale and the Fall of the Hy- Hyperborea. Nope. Hyperborea, thank you. That's why you're here. Murder, Inc., Jagger, Rose, number two. Oddly Pedestrian Life, Christopher Chaos. Nope, The Oddly Pedestrian Life of Christopher Chaos, number one. Savage Squad, six, number one. Star Wars The High Republic Adventures, number eight. Survival, number two. And that's it. Quick PSA to all people writing solicitations for comics. Put the the first. Nobody cares. Don't do the... Look, look at this. This one's supposed to be called The Expanse. Dragon Tooth number three. But instead it says expanse, comma, the colon dragon tooth number three. How am I supposed to read that? That's, How am I supposed yeah, to know was, this does there? That one's one of the worst I've ever seen. I was that's, specifically gonna call that one out too. That one that tripped me off so hard. 
I hated the other bad one. This one. No, that was not a bad one. Where was it? That one was so bad that I almost corrected you, and then I saw you were doing it right. That's how far behind yeah. I was on Expanse, comma, the Dragon uh, Tooth, number three. I also could have sworn there was something with two colons in the name. Maybe I made that up. I feel like I just lost my mind halfway through reading these. Listen, as someone who's trying to name things, I get it. Naming things is the hardest shit in the world. If Gun to my head, if you were like, write a novel or name a novel, I'm writing it. Fair I enough. can't name anything, but I know... These names are all bad. They're all bad. I love long names. Like when the Birds of Prey movie came out, and it was like the Birds of Prey and the Harley Quinn Emancipation of the Proclamation or whatever it was called. I was like, hell yeah. That's a long, dumb name. I'm all for it. But Harley at least Quinn they... and the Emancipation Proclamation. Yeah, it was something like that. I don't know. But <laughs> that's very stupid. I like that. <laughs> Who can remember the names? It doesn't matter. No one saw it. I saw it. Um, I saw it and I loved it. Might be my I favorite like DCU it. movie. Really? Yeah. I think I'm serious. still sticking with... Um, honestly, I don't know what my favorite is. It might be Shazam or Aquaman. But I'm also a big fan of Man of Steel now, surprisingly. I rewatched it last year and I was like, you know what? I get it now. I don't agree with everything. I still think the writing for Lois Lane especially is like really boring. Like Lois Lane and Superman have zero chemistry. And I can't tell if it's from the directing or Amy Adams. And I like Amy Adams. Though. I like Amy Adams, but I also like Zack Snyder. So I'm kind of like, where do we lose the connection here? Like, I feel like that just wasn't a good performance from her, which was a damn shame. Um, so besides that, and then the kill, like <laughs> the killing Zod thing, I think is like only bad because nothing happened with it. Like in both movies, like he kills Zod, he screams. Lois comforts it. Sorry, we're talking about Man of Steel now, but I know this is like a this is a debate from like ten years ago or whatever. And I'm not trying to have a debate. I'm just sharing like quick thoughts. But yeah, he kills Zod. It's a big emotional moment. You know, it's a drastic moment. He did something like cultural shattering. Like his culture is dead now. He effectively killed it. He screams. He hugs Lois, and then we never talk about it ever again. We never talk about that. We never talk about really the loss of his culture. We don't see him. Like, after that, we have five minutes left in the movie. He just goes and has a happy life. And he's like, I'm Clark Kent. And she's just like, I'm going to fuck Superman. And then the movie ends. And he's like, you're like, okay. And then the second movie, he's he's still kind of happy. He's a little bit sad because people are blaming, like, people think he's a god. And then other people are blaming him for the destruction. But there's no continuation of the plot of him, like, killing the last of his culture. And I'm like, that was a huge moment. And there was no type of repercussions for it. And I thought that was a damn shame. So that's the only reason. Should Superman kill Zod? I don't know. That's, that's that's dumb. I don't know. It's a dumb debate nowadays. I think it's way over. You either like it or you don't like it. For me, it worked in the story. Is it something I would do with Superman? Probably not, but I didn't do it. And so for the story, it worked. But in terms of consequences, there was no consequences. And that kind of pissed me off. Or at least annoyed me enough that I was just like, damn, love this movie. But it could have been elevated so much more if there was any type of subtext or conversation at all to be had from what happened. And that's it. You know, if you don't like Man of Steel, not you Dallas, but listener, if you don't like Man of Steel, I don't want to hear it. If you like Man of Steel, I don't want to hear it. I like it. That's the end of the story. Hell yeah. This has been Man of Steel Corner. Hell yeah. I hate talking about Snyder films. I hate it. Because everyone's so annoying. <laughs> They're too... I, I know we're, I'm still talking about it, and I just talked about it for a minute. Because I do like talking about it, but I always hate that the discourse always comes to like, you're wrong. No, you're wrong. 
I'm the only one that could be right. I'm the only one that there's no everyone like I'm the guy who's just like I like it, but if you don't like it, I get it. If you do like it, I get it. And you're both wrong because I'm right. So like let's just leave it at that. Like have a nice day. But it's everyone trying to convince each other and yell over each other and tell each other they're stupid and I'm smart and they're dumb. We're all dumb. We're all smart. Who gives a shit? You know, it's a movie. You like it or you don't move on. Watch Shazam or watch uh well no well actually don't watch if you like A or if you like Suicide Squad, you don't talk about it ever. I don't want to hear it. But <laughs> every other movie in DC, if you do or don't like it, you could like Catwoman. I'd be like, all right, fine, whatever. I do not care. But as long as it's not Suicide Squad, that first Suicide Squad movie was ass. Ten tons of ass. Two hours of it. Just straight into your eye holes. That's crazy. Oh, it could be fixed by the editor. Yeah, but it wasn't. That's the thing. They ruined it. It's a bad movie. Sorry, I'm done. No, you're good. I... That's how I feel about a lot of superhero movies. Is if you like it, don't talk about it. If you don't like it, don't talk about it. <laughs> I'm sick of you all. I on Twit on TikTok, the youth have found Twelve Angry Men and they're watching it in segments through TikTok. Oh yeah, and they're going apeshit for it. And I was like, hell yeah, there is hope because that's one of my that's favorite awesome. movies. I thought that would be one that would get like canceled for some reason. No, they love it. That's awesome. I just... Yeah. <laughs> I think actually, I like it when they don't show the clips from the movie. Where they show the clips, but you have the person walking, talking over like, they were 12 angry men in the jury. They got together to decide what to talk about the jury man who was on trial for murder or something. <laughs> so, you ever what? see those? Yeah. One of the hard <laughs> things about TikTok for me is the stupider the TikTok, the better it does. Yeah. Like when I'm making one, I was like, man, this one's going to go stupid crazy and I hate it. And it always does. But the ones I'm like, I love this one. I really had something to say. This It's like seven likes. Oh. There it goes. Brutal. But just put the AI voice on, man. True. Grant Morrison. Here's what happened in All-Star. Superman. Superman. Fly near. The sun. The sun. Too close. Too powerful. He becomes. <laughs> million likes. It'll get a million likes. 100%. I might do that. Fuck <laughs> TikTok loves Alan Moore. If I've learned one thing, it's that TikTok does not like Grant Morrison, but does like Alan Moore. Interesting. And it's because, according to TikTok, Grant Morrison is racist because they don't like the Talia stuff, which I understand. Yeah. I also am always like, but Alan Moore, not catching any strays, huh? Like, did you read any of those books? I was surprised by that. I was like, Hmm. there there are some strays to be caught. I mean, if we're going to be throwing them around... The wizard. How they feel about? How do they feel about Frank Miller? I don't think they know he exists. What? I've never seen anyone talk about Frank Miller a single time on TikTok, which is weird to say out loud. Yeah, it feels like I should have, but I really don't think it's happened. TikTok's a made up place, and also about to get banned anyway. So, like, maybe (laughs) we shouldn't give any more thoughts. Yeah, Uh, something I do want to give thought to: a vicious circle. Number two is coming back. From Boom Studios. Uh, this is from Matson Tomlin and Lee Bermejo. One of the prettiest comics I've ever seen was issue one of this. Ooh. That came out like five months ago, and this is coming out in three months. So <laughs> I'd, I'm not sure what happened. I think Lee Bermejo takes a long time to draw things. I'm not sure why they didn't just let these pile up and then release them, but I'm happy it's coming back because it was really interesting. Basically, the protagonist is a time traveler and he's being pursued through time by the other guy that's on the cover. 
and each time period has a distinct art style from Bramejo, who has a really distinct style, so it's fun to see him mix it up. So, really, really beautiful. I might wait for that this to be done, because if it's going to be eight months between every issue, there's no way. So how big are these? Because it looks like it's like a $10 price tag on it. I think it was like a 50-pager. Huh. So, yeah. It's also like a, it's a huge square issue. Like it's a DC black label presentation, oh, basically, yeah. with cardstock, big square, which Boom hasn't really done before, but they're doing for this book. I like that. Yeah, good for them. Also, if you guys don't know who that uh, the artist is that we're talking about, he's the one that drew the Bat Dick. Yes, he also did uh, Batman Noel, which was very good. Yes, and he did that Joker that came out at the same time as the Dark Knight. Oh, uh, yeah, I did like that one, actually. Yeah. He's Killer a really Croc talented artist. Pretty sick. Yeah. The the book I want to talk about from Boom Studios... Well, there's two books I really want to talk about from Boom Studios. Uh, the first one is Fence, Redemption, number one. Fence is a fun... People are always telling me, Evan, comics suck because there's only superhero comics. I'm like, you're not really paying attention because there's other comics out there. You know, you want a sports comic, I got one for you. That's Fence. It's about the art of fencing and a competition between people fencing. And it's very fun. It's pretty gay. And it's, um, you know, it's back apparently. So I read, I want to say like the first two volumes and then I fell behind. So I need to catch up. I thought it just stopped. So I didn't know there was going to be more. But, you know, Redemption, that's a good title for it because there is more. So if you're interested in uh, something outside of the comic sphere that still has a little bit of action in it, but has a lot of like playful romance and competition, you know, that, that real manga feel to a comic. I think Fence is the book for you. Yeah, honestly, Boom has put out a lot of really great sports comics. I really liked uh, the Avant Guards from them, a basketball comic. Oh, yeah, that was good. Yeah. Yeah, I've wanted to check out Fence for a while, but I have not done that yet. The, I recommend it. I, yeah, I will check it out. Uh, the other comic I want to shout out from Boom and then let you wrap it up. Oh, I'm sorry. No, I was jumping ahead to Dark Horse. You wrap up Boom. Okay, uh, the last one from Boom I want to talk about is Creed number one. Uh, I fucking love the Creed movies so much. Uh, Creed 3 just dropped last month, or I guess this month, depending on when you're listening to this. So last month, probably. So, And it was a lot of fun, and I love those movies. They mm-hmm. all make me cry, so that's great. So I'm very excited to see this one. This one takes place after the third movie, uh, about uh, 10 years in the future, they're saying. Mm-hmm. So, And it's following Creed coaching... I'm guessing Creed's coaching his daughter, but it could potentially be that someone else is coaching his daughter. But it's probably also not going to have Rocky, just like the third movie did it. But, you know, you still get uh, Adonis Creed in it, and you'll probably get Drago. So, uh, and we'll see if Jonathan Majors makes it into the comic now. So, <laughs> um, and but rather than that, I think that's it for Boom Studios. Over at dark horse i am incredibly excited for the great british bump off yes sir john allison and max Saren, the art team that brought us giant days are returning this is a four issue mini series but i will remind you giant days was also a four issue mini series that went for 50 plus issues Mm -hmm. so please 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 for me please support this book I want this creative team back together, making magic, 
I have missed Giant Days so much. 100%. Please, please go buy a first issue of this for me. If you love me, buy this first issue. Thank and if you me. hate him, buy this first issue for me. Who to you sp- like. To spite me. To spite him, yeah. You know, if you buy this first issue, Dallas will cry. So I will be so that. sad. Think about every take I've ever had that you hate. Tell if you take. buy this, oof, oof, I'll be so disappointed and sad. We're slowly, like, just getting closer and closer to, like, a fetish thing, I think. We're so- <laughs> You're going to make me mad. Is that what you want? You better buy this comic. <laughs> I think you have a real future in a sex hotline, Evan. <laughs> These are all you. I was just I was just reading the vibe. I was like, oh, wow. This is, <laughs> this is awakening something in me. No, so... <laughs> I love the Great Bears. Uh, I love... <laughs> I love Giant Days. Um, I was reading Giant Days uh, before Anne was, which is probably where you heard of Giant Days from. So uh, don't listen to Anne. She's not the founder of Giant Days. I am. I was, I always will be. Um, Giant Days is, is fantastic. I love the creative team behind it. Uh, Max Saren, I follow everywhere they go. I follow John Allison as much as I can wherever he goes. So 100%. If you can support this book, I definitely appreciate it. Um, if you don't, I'll punish you. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> Did you ever read Steeple from John Allison? I read a little bit when it first came out. Or, yeah. No, Maybe. Yes. It was fun. I read the all the print issues that came out. It has mm. continued as a webcomic mm. well past all that. I'm very know. bad at following webcomics. So yeah, I actually really read them. Yeah. Um, Blue Book from James Tynan and Michael Avon Oming is really fun. If you like aliens and alien abductions, this is based on a true account of an alien abduction. With really fun oming art. So check it out. I thought I would be like 10 out of 10 in love with this. But to be 100% honest, I'm like 3.5 out of 5 in love with this. I am on the same boat as you. I actually wasn't even going to mention this book because I wasn't sold on it yet. I read the first issue and I was like, oh, that was okay. But in comparison to literally everything else Tiny is putting out, it's kind of hard for me to be like, this isn't his best work. And it's probably not even his fault. But it's just kind of, it's fine. It's fun. It's good. It's worth trying out. But it's not going to be something I probably recommend unless it really picks up in the next few issues. Did you ever read The Closet? I did. Dog. That's his the best work. That's it's his best. Literally, if you guys want a quick, easy, fun, one-shot horror story. Well, it's not one-shot. It's three issues. But it's a very short one. The Closet is peak horror anything. Media in general. It's yeah. so good. It's hands down his best hands, hands down, down his, best. his best which is saying a lot because mm-hmm. i love james tanya he's fantastic i love the woods which a lot of people don't care about but i do so when i say the closet is his best work i mean it yeah i need to get caught back up on a couple of his projects i got i did it to myself i like binge ate a bunch of tynan until i was like i gotta i gotta walk away <laughs> and so i have Basically, I'm going to have to start over on Nice House on the Lake. I'm just going to read that as a complete work now that it's done. I read the first six issues as they were coming out in singles, and I liked it well enough, but I need to read it all as 12. And I need to get caught up on Something is Killing the Children. I did not make it very far into the second mystery. 
Yeah, I read like the first half and the second volume, and then I was just kind of collecting issues. And I realized Comic Unlimited was also collecting the issues for me already, so I kind of stopped subscribing to it all together. So that's something I want to binge because I do want to eventually read House of Slaughter two and that other spinoff that's coming out. But I'm just so far behind. And will it ever be better than the first uh, story? Probably not. Yeah, that's. it felt like diminishing returns to me is what made me leave. I was like, you know what? I loved that first thing. The first volume was incredible. I think the first story could have been 12 issues instead of 18. Mm -hmm. And then by issue 26, I was like, oh, this was a 12-issue series that was perfect. And before I sour that perfect 12 issues, I'm going to be all done. Yeah, that's totally fair. But... Also, I think it's great that it's just continuing to go because people are still buying it. Mm-hmm. It's still selling out. The Jenny Frisian co- covers always resell for like a hundred bucks a pop. So, you know, go crazy, guys. Keep buying it. How, if you like something, support it. How validating as James Tynan to walk away from your lucrative Batman contract and believe in yourself, believe in your own creator owned comics, mm-hmm. which are fraught, and then define the kind of success he has. I really feel like we are watching in real time someone who will have the same amount of success as Robert Kirkman eventually. It's got the same feel of I'm going to quit Big Two Comics and I am just going to become a brand unto my own. I agree, except for I think Scott Snyder's going to beat him to the punch. They're good friends. They are good I... friends. So they're going to come up together 100%, but I do think I think Scott Snyder has more projects well, also, no, that's not true because something is coming with children also got announced. But then Scott Snyder has um, witches, witches. just got greenlit. Yeah, mm-hmm. so I think they're racing to the punch right now to see who's going to be the next Robert Kirkman first. Which, you know, even second place in that kind of competition is great. Yeah, I mean, it's pretty hard to make it in comics, and these guys are doing a great job. Yeah, I'm surprised Hickman hasn't taken that leap. But I think that they are paying him so well at Marvel that probably he's not why leave the golden goose that's true that's true my real goal evan is to get a chris claremont contract where he has been marvel exclusive with no projects since 2005 hell yeah they literally pay him to not write comics anywhere else (laughs) that's awesome hell yeah that is the dream him and john carpenter just getting a ton of money for cool shit they did in the 80s. Rules. Good for them. Hell yeah. That's why they should keep making bad Halloween movies so John Carpenter keeps getting that paycheck. Yep. I mean, that's why they keep making bad X-Men comics. Anyway, moving on to Image Comics. I've got a little (laughs) bit of... Remember how much you hated the Krakoa era? Yeah. You don't like this era? I haven't been a huge fan. Which Mm. is sad, because I want to be... But we'll talk about it when we get to Marvel. Okay. I just feel like it it's not about anything anymore. It's just like going through the motions. Hmm. I don't know if I agree with that totally, but it feels like Krakoa was such a biting critique of like the idea of nation building that even with the best plans, if you throw up borders and buy into the system that exists Mm -hmm. there is inherently a dark heart at the center of that and now it feels like no there isn't (laughs) see my thing is that 
I feel like that wasn't properly explored in Krakoa era in the same way it could have been. Because everyone's real takeaway was that, was people saying, this feels like a cult. And then a bunch of X stands very loudly saying, it's not a cult! And then them saying, also, they're in a threesome now. They're a poly... And then I was like, they never even mentioned, that's not what's happening. But anyway, so I don't know. It's It just felt like there was definitely a very, like a subtextual oh yeah, this isn't perfect. And like, I think everything from Hickman's perspective when he was writing, there was always that like layer of like, ooh, this doesn't feel right. What's going on? It was all building up. But I feel like it wasn't really capitalized on at all until uh, Victor Lavelle's Sabretooth books. That's the only time where I was like, that's what we're talking about. This is like the underbelly that we were looking for. And X, I get, oh, I also give Benjamin Percy credit. I've been reading X-Force, but I think X-Force is also touching on that but is that new no that's something x-force has always done so is this something specific to krakoa era i do not think so um but it is related to krakoa era so i will give that also credit for that i will always have mixed feelings on jonathan hickman's role in this x-men era i think Mm -hmm. the reality is i think i will just have like unsatisfied feelings forever about these comics because like There has not been a Marvel comic that hit me like House of X and Powers of Ten, maybe ever. Like picking that up off the shelves and reading that every week as it was co- every yeah every week for those three months that it was coming out. I was like, this is the greatest comic of all time. And then to watch Krakoa roll out and then be like, huh, his X Men book is cool, but like not as cool as House of X and Powers of Ten. Yeah. And then X of Swords hits, and I was like, whoa. This is a fun crossover. And then we get back, and he's not even really writing X-Men much anymore after this. And then Inferno was really cool. Mm. And then he's gone. You know? Yeah. As I was like, wait, what even happened? Yeah, I don't know. It's I didn't have the same experience. I really enjoyed House of X, Powers of X, and the mystery of it and the buildup and the community behind it where everyone on comic Twitter, whether they're X-Men fans or not, were like, whoa, this happened this week. Whoa. And you're like reading it every week. You're like, wow, this is crazy. It was really fun to be a part of that. But I, I don't know. It wasn't even, even that wasn't like the most special thing I felt from Marvel. Like I felt more boom impact from like going secret wars or going from, um, oh shoot, what's it called? Uh, Earth X. Secret Wars was crazy. Secret Wars was crazy. But even like, I didn't follow Earth X as it was coming out, but like reading the, like that volume of comics and I was just like, damn, this is what comics is all about. It was saying something like really big and like binging that was crazy to me. So I don't know. Uh, Hopefully his next project, which I think, I don't know if it's going to be in this solicitation, but we'll talk about it regardless. I'm very interested in that. Did you see the announcement for that? I did, yeah, but we are starting to run long in the tooth, and we have a time limit today. Oh, yeah, we do. (laughs) Thanks, Zencaster. Yeah, thank you, Zencaster. All right, Image Comics. We've got Savage Dragon, number 267. In Hell We Fight, number one. Void Rivals, number one. Battle Chasers, number 10. Bone Orchard, Tenement, number one. Haunt You to the (laughs) End, number one. Click, click, boom, number one. Tales of Suspense, number one. The Dead Lucky, number seven. I Hate Fairyland, number six. Noctera Nemesis Special One-Shot, 
Rogue Sun, number 13. And then I'm scrolling, I'm scrolling, I'm scrolling. Thank a you, Image Comics, for putting all these trades here in the middle. Um, Any trades um. I want to shout out? Not really. Okay, we're scrolling, scrolling, scrolling. Almighty, number five. The Ambassadors, number six. Arcade Kings, number two. Black Cloak, number six. Blood Tree, number five. Dark Ride, number seven. Dead Romans, number four. Deep Cuts, number three. Giant Cockjew, number three. Gunslinger Spawn, number 21. <laughs> uh, Hell to Pay, number five. Hell to Pay, number six. Hey, kids. Comics. Schlock of the New, number three. I Hate This Place, number nine. Or, if you're nasty, fuck this place, number nine. Mm-hmm. Immortal Sergeant, number six. Indigo Children, number four. Junkrabbit, number three. Kaya, number nine. Apparently, that's great, and I should check it out. Uh, King Spawn. Greg. Oh, yeah, I, who he rules. You're a big fan of his. Oh, yeah, I'm a huge fan. Um, sorry, King Spawn, number 23. The Last Barbarians, number five. Local Man, number five. Love Everlasting, number eight. <laughs> Magic Order 4, number six. Monarch, number five. No Slash One, number four. Old Dog, number five. Phantom Road, number four. Saga, number 66. Savage Strength of Starstorm, number two. The Scorched, number 19. Something Epic, number two. Spawn, 343. Star Signs, number two. Stoneheart, number four. Summoner's War Awakening, number three. Terror War, number three. Time Before Time, 24. Torrent, number five. Vanish, number eight. The Walking Dead Deluxe, 64. The Walking Dead Deluxe, 65. World Tree, number three. Another James Tynan book. Old dog number five listed one more time for good good measure. measure. (laughs) (laughs) What the hell? How'd that happen? A lot of strong books from Image right now. A lot of strong titles. Like, what this is what we're talking about, Boom. Take notes, Boom Studios and Dark Horse. One word titles for most of these Monarch, No One. Then you got like two word titles Local Man, Love Everlasting, The Last Barbarians. The is in the right spot. That's what I'm talking about. Mm-hmm. Anyway, a lot of good stuff. Love Everlasting is 100% so good. Number one baddie comic right now, in my opinion. If someone tells me they're reading that, I know they're a baddie. 100%. I am very fascinated by World Tree. I have no idea what it's about, but I like the covers, and all the comics professionals that have read this so far have said it's real cool. Hell yeah. I should probably try to read my review copy of it, but I have not done that yet. Of course you get review copies. My man, I I sent you the info. Uh, They didn't get back to me. I'm not special. Damn. Yo, shout out to Skybound. They got back to me. Really appreciate it. Hell yeah. Saga, still good as hell. The end. I still haven't been reading reading it since it came back. I'm just waiting for the next hiatus. It's coming. Brutal. Listen, this... they'll be making money to the end of time thanks to those trades. Those trades sell like hot takes. He so. made more money in the hiatus than he did in all the combined time while it was coming out before the hiatus. Easy. That is how much this continues to balloon and grow. And it's going to get crazier because 100% they're going to make a movie or a show or something off of it. He has said so, no. He has what? said no. He said he's never making a show of Saga. Yeah, we'll see. We'll see. I believe him. 
He's, nah, watch. he's like he's weirdly like puts his foot down about shit. Nah, Gendy Turkatoxy. Gendy, my boy Gendy, he's gonna come along and be like, I really like Saga. That's it. That's I would right watch there. the shit. Of course you would. Out of that. Yes, everyone would. That's the thing. Bro, I think you might be right. I'm he actually saying. he has said he would let there be a Broadway adaptation of Saga. Never mind. Even better. Let's do that. Mm-hmm. Um, so you know how Saga is always about like an issue? Like Saga's always mm-hmm. like this arc is our very special issue on this. Yeah. Um, this arc is the very special <laughs> issue on unhoused people. Oh, okay. The family uh face a tragedy that has them being homeless on this planet that they're on mm-hmm. and so alana is having to like figure out how to have a job without an address and like it's calling out a lot of the bullshit the family has to go through yeah that is no fault of their own and i think he's doing a pretty good job of it okay yeah that's a hard one to tackle there is also an undercurrent of him grappling with the fact that like the world and what is okay to say and talk about has changed underneath his feet. Like we made a joke once about how long until like the R word was used in runaways. Right. <laughs> yeah. And he like, kind of, he talks about that in this arc where the uh, Alana is like reading from D Oswald heist's book to the kids. Yeah. And specifically that word is in there. And the kids are like, what the hell are you reading us? Like, ugh, gosh, why would you say that? You're, you're a bad person. Mom, like wander away. And Alana's like, what the fuck? Like, when did I get so old? Like, <laughs> and so it's interesting to watch someone who I've had this specific critique about his specific books. It's yeah. interesting to watch him wrestling with it in these new issues of saga. So still loving my favorite comic book. Hell yeah. Um, I'll read it eventually. I'm sure. But in the meantime, bone orchard, I'm very excited oh, for what's oh, next. Oh, 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 <laughs> I just uh, I reread Gideon Falls because uh, I never fin- I never read the last five of Gideon Falls, so I was like, you know what, fuck it, I'll just start over. So I di- I binged it in like a few days, uh, like two weeks ago. Not a fan of the ending, but very much loved the ride. I think. Have you seen the movie Smile? No. Uh, I don't want to spoil any. You should watch Smile because it's a movie that you you see the trailer and you're like, oh, this is gonna be bad. Then you watch the movie and you're like. Is this good? This is pretty good. And I really like the themes of it, but then the ending totally shat in the face of the themes of it. And I was kind of like, I don't know, like in the for the sake of just being a horror thing. And I was like, I don't know. I feel like it could have stuck the landing better. And that's how I feel about Gideon Falls. I feel like it could have stuck the landing better if it really committed its ending to the themes instead of being a horror piece. I guess you could read into the ending if you wanted to, however way you wanted. But it's very hard, I think, to read into it except for it's one specific direction so for me i thought that was a little bit i don't want to say cop out but it was kind of a cop out for me so i'm I'm hoping these other things are a little bit more true to whatever themes they're going for but also i don't even know what the themes are yet for these these books or if they're connected at all did you read Ten Thousand black feathers i didn't finish it i only read the first issue but i bought it went went to a weird place but I think I liked it a lot. I'd be super interested in your thoughts. 
I am excited for it. I do. This, like I said, even though I didn't like the ending of Gideon Falls, the entire ride, I was like, let's go. Every issue, I was like, whoa, like blown away. When they revealed like the big, like what the barn is. Yeah. I was like, what crazy. the fuck? Like every, every big reveal, I was like, what is happening? It was crazy good. So mm-hmm. if you haven't read Gideon Falls, I hopefully I didn't spoil it, but you'll forget what I just said. Go watch it. Go through it. Go read it. Go check it out. It's very good. Um, also from Jeff Lemire, really quick note. I'm not sure what Phantom Road even is yet. Only one issue has come out, but I mean, this team rules. They made Sentient, which is a book I love. Jeff Lemire and Gabriel Hernandez-Walta with Jordi Belair on colors. Mm. Real, real pretty book. I will let you know as the story unfolds. One issue oh, yeah. was not enough to, to really know what's happening. I'll go. <laughs> um, the only other ones I think I want to talk about. Uh, I don't think Philadelphia has any single issues. It might be over. Did I miss it? Sorry, I was scrolling through trying to find it. They have a trade coming out, but it's very potentially that it's over. Um, you know, obviously, correct me if I'm wrong, but. Philadelphia is a fantastic book. I'm like two or three volumes behind probably right now, but um, if you haven't been reading Philadelphia, now is definitely the time to hop on, If especially if it is ending. I thought it was ending last volume, so I wouldn't be surprised if it was ending this volume instead, or I don't know what's going on with it, but it's fantastic. It's a very unique take on vampires. It's like a traditional take on vampires while still being a unique take on vampires, um, and it has a lot to do with the settings and themes it's going for. So 100%, if you're looking... For vampire media, if you're looking for a twist on vampires, if you're looking for just a horror story in general, 100%. I love this book. Hell yeah. Horror. So, The Ambassadors from Mark Millar, <laughs> issue one with Frank Quitely on art just dropped. This solicitation is what just alerted me to the fact that every issue is going to have a different artist. Yeah. So, less excited. <laughs> Uh, this specific excited. issue, Matteo Scalera is one of my all-time favorite comics artists that also I will buy literally anything he draws. So um, I'm here for the Ambassadors. Issue one was really fun, but I I feel a little cheated. I really thought <laughs> I was going to get six issues of Quietly. I should have known better. You just, you got to accept it when you get it with Quietly art, you know? Don't look a gift horse in the mouth, I suppose. I I'm sad, Evan. <laughs> yeah, you were on Twitter, like, very excited that Frank Quietly was working with Mark Millar. And now, I guess that's that. I guess you now know what I was excited about. Yeah. Was, uh, <laughs> Frank Quietly. <laughs> um, last book I want to talk about, Black Cloak, from Kelly Thompson and Meredith McLaren, is phenomenal. If you are a fan of fantasy, sci-fi, in a world much like our own. Like you're like, man, I want to see a centaur just like drinking coffee. This is that vibe as a detective mystery. Really lovable characters, really phenomenal art from Meredith McLaren. This is a book that I want to see go on for a very long time. So if you like Saga, I really think Black Cloak has a lot of that same vibe to offer. So you should check it out. And for my last one, I want to shout out nothing. I think I stopped talking about everything I want. Like Love Everlasting, I think, was the last one we didn't really talk too much about. But 
we did say go check it out and it still continues to be good oh i hate this place or fuck this place if you haven't been reading that 100 i think it's fantastic it's a lot of fun kyle starks is a genius for usual um i don't know how he comes up with all these crazy ideas but 100 check that out and uh you know right into actually it's not gonna change anything i'll say right to image and tell them that you love the original title fuck this place but they did change it to like be more marketable so if it's helping the comic it's helping the comic but i think fuck this place is a lot more um accurate to accurate book. or has more of a punch to the title for sure yeah also, other last thing sorry eight billion genies i think is gonna be wrapping up like a month or two from or maybe a month from now when you're listening to this podcast uh, if you haven't checked it out, it's not on the solicitations. The trade probably came out already, but um, 100% check it out. 8 Billion Genies is a story about uh, 8 Billion Genies coming to our Earth and giving every single person uh, a single wish. So you can use it whenever you want. You can wish for whatever you want. And it takes place, each issue takes place once versus over 8 seconds, then 8 minutes, and then 8 hours, and 8 days, and 8 weeks, and 8 years. And then so on, so on. So it's for eight issues. And it's a very fun take uh, on genies. It says, obviously, there's like a lot being said about humanity and blah, blah, blah. Well, it's very good. It's very fun. It's sad. Uh, it's a little bit of everything in this epic adventure. So I would definitely recommend that. Yeah, I really loved it. And after one issue, it got greenlit to be a movie. So Yeah, <laughs> like super quickly. Yeah. So how is it going to work? I do not know. I think it would have worked better as like a show just on eight episodes. Also got optioned as a show. Okay. The movie is going to be like a standalone in the world. And I think the show is going to be the adaptation of the book. Oh, that's a great call. I think that's a good compromise. So, yeah. Um, one trade actually that I will shout out, uh, gospel volume one from Will Morris. Really fun. It's, I don't know. It's like a historical fiction with modern queer sensibilities set around like the time of Martin Luther about Christianity in England. Super (laughs) weird. I have no idea how it's got greenlit, but I loved it. So check it out. Also a little side note. There's a, there's a creator on here named Emma Kubert. And I was like, wonder if there's any relationship to Adam Kubert, and that's apparently her uncle. So that's pretty cool. Yeah. And so that is three generations of Kuberts that have now made comics. Oh, yeah, because Andy Kubert? Uh, no, Joe Kubert, Andy oh. and Adam's dad, was a huge Golden Age artist. Oh. He, um, he was like the guy that created Sergeant Rock. Oh, really? DC. Yeah. He did that's a lot awesome. of war comics. Hell yeah. War's good business all right let's go to marvel <laughs> speaking of war comics marvel solicitations first definitely not least and definitely number one for a reason we have ultimate invasion number one of four incredible hulk number one black panther number one loki number one captain marvel number 50 scarlet witch annual number one avengers number two amazing spider-man number 27 amazing spider-man number 28 deadpool batter blood number one that's that's a good title uh, is Rob Liefeld though, so I'm not talking anymore about it. Amazing Spider-Man number 121, Face of Mill Edition, and one at 22, Face of Mill Edition. Uh, Miles Morales, Spider-Man number 7, Red Goblin number 5, Carnage number 14, Carnage Reigns, Omega number 1, Groot number 2, 4, 
Warlock Rebirth, number three of five. Guardians of the Galaxy, number three. Daredevil and Echo, number two. Danny Ketch, Ghost Rider, number two of four. Uh, Venom, number 20. Venom, number 21. Silk, number two. Extreme Venomverse, number three. Edge of Spider-Verse, number three. Spider-Man, number nine. Spider-Man India, number one of four. Cult of Carnage, Mystery, number two of five. Son of Orange... Son of Origins of Marvel Comics, Marvel Tales, number one. Don't know what that means. Venom, Lethal Protector, two, number four or five. Marvel's Voices, Pride, number one. Spider-Gwen, Shadow Clones, number four or five. Hollow's Eve, number four or five. X-Men Before the Fall, Heralds of Apocalypse, number one. X-Men Before the Fall, Mutants First Strike, number one. Storm, number two of five. It's a mini for some reason instead of a full series because, I don't know. Bishop War College, number five of five. Betsy Braddock, Captain of Britain, number five of five. Immortal X-Men, number 12. X-23, Deadly Regenesis, number four of five. New Mutants, Lethal Legion, number four of five. X-Men Red, number 12. Rogue and Gambit, number four of five. The Excellent, number four of five. That comic's still going? Excellent. Uh, I like that comic. Uh, Wolverine, number 34. X-Force, number 41. X-Men, number 23. Invincible Iron Man number 7, Captain America Sentinel of Liberty number 13, Captain America Symbol of Truth number 14, Captain America Cold War Omega number 1, I Am Iron Man number 4 of 5, <clears throat> Silver Surfer, Ghostlight number 5 of 5, Doctor Strange number 4, Avengers Beyond number 4 of 5, Fantastic Four number 8, Hellcat number 4 of 5, She-Hulk number 14, Daredevil number 12, Bloodline, Daughter of Blade number 5 of 5, Climber Time number 4 of 5, Moon Knight number 24, Ghost... Nope. Cosmic Ghost Rider number four. Deadpool number eight. Ghost Rider number 15. Thor number 35. Planet of the Apes number three. Predator number four. Alien number three. Star Wars. Darth Vader. Black, white, red, and black all over. Number three. Star Wars The Mandalorian season two. Number one. I don't know what that even means. Star Wars Yoda number eight. Star Wars Santa. Nope. Santa. Star Wars number five of five. The wife of Han Solo. Fun fact. Star Wars Return of the Jedi. The Empire number one. Star Wars Bounty Hunters number 35. Star Wars Doctor Aphra number 33. Star Wars number 35. Star Wars Darth Vader number 35. And not listed here, but just announced yesterday, Blade number one. Mm-hmm. With Elena Ooh. Casa Grande on art. And not more importantly, but to another point, Brian Edward Hill as the writer, which you may know from the hit cult classic Batman the Outsiders from Rebirth. That's dope. Also, That's a lot of comics. Also, Chris Somney's Thor, The Mighty Avenger is coming back into print in trade paperback. You should read it. That's that's a real one. Chris Omni is his art. Just chef kisses all around. So a lot of number ones coming out. The one I am most excited about, 100%, without a doubt, is Ultimate Invasion number one. Let's fucking go. Let's fucking go. We are so back. We are so up. Because before... Streets back. All right. Because when the maker went back to the Ultimate Universe at the end of uh, that Venom arc he was in, I was like, oh, dude, best case scenario, Donnie Cates is writing Ultimates. I was wrong. The best case scenario is happening. Jonathan Hickman's writing Ultimates again, baby. We back. We up. We live. Everyone's going to be like, who wanted this? Me. This guy. I might be... It's... It might be different on, like, not Twitter, but on Twitter, people hate the Ultimate Universe so much, and I'm the last shooter for the Ultimate Universe. I fight tooth and nail for the Ultimate Universe, not because it's good, (laughs) but because it has potential, and because Ultimate Spider-Man is one of the best comics of all time, and because the maker is one of the best villains of all time. All time. All time. I would... All the racism, all the xenophobia, all the homophobia, all of it, I will take it all 
because it meant we got the maker and we got Miles Morales and we got Ultimate Spider-Man. It's so good. It's worth it. Obviously, if I could take it out, I would. <laughs> if I could take out the incest, I would, 100%. But I can't. So I, I'm going to say, like, I will change not a damn thing if it means I get my boys, Miles Morales and Ultimate Reed Richards. Also, big W for Evan Nation. This means we're absolutely going to read Hickman's Ultimate stuff in our big Hickman spanning reading over on the Let's Comics go. Collective. Let's go! Which means I had to trick them into also reading Ultimate Doomsday, which is uh, not Hickman, but Bendis, and it's still connected. It's also my favorite event from that time period. So we have to figure out how that's going to work. Listen, Evans get W's every once in a while. We already know. We already know. Mm. Yo, it's going to be so good. People are always even... like, people are always like, where's the good Sue Storm content? Surprisingly, the Ultimate Universe. <laughs> I don't, I don't know why that's the one character they decided to hit gold with, but that's they did it. They did. I, hope I they actually well. also I think Jonathan Hickman does a pretty good job with Sue Storm. Yeah. Yeah. Good job for him. Shout maybe out. Maybe we were wrong. Yeah. Hmm. What we'll to uh what the woman think when we go to the podcast. The other podcast. Yes. Yes. Mm. But yeah, I'm so up. I'm so alive. Every comic that's coming out this month could be bad. But I got ultimate evasion. So like, fuck it. I can't lose. I can't. And I got I got a Creed comic this month too. I can't. And Blade got reannounced. It's over. It's a wrap. Wrap it up. Um, as a noted Superior Spider-Man fan, I'm stoked as hell that Doctor Octopus is back as a bad guy. Amazing Spider-Man number twenty-seven. Listen, mm. there are some characters whose redemption arcs are important. Doctor Octopus is not one of them. He is so funny and campy and wonderful. I want him cackling. On the cover of this, he has the craziest glasses I've ever seen. He is cackling. He has new suction cups on his tentacles. Weird as hell. Love it. Thank you very much. Pass. Uh, no. I, my peak talk Ock is from Ultimate Spider-Man. <laughs> and oh, he's, so he's just, he's like a huge stoic asshole. <laughs> so I do like cackling supervillains and everything. But for Doc Ock, it's hard for me to go from ultimate spider-man because the order i was reading it was ultimate spider-man superior spider-man well actually that's not true i was reading ultimate spider then amazing spider-man then superior spider-man but just going from ultimate spider-man and then like reading like superior spider-man you get like this colder take on doc ock where he's he's still a loser but he's still kind of he's also cool presented and he's very in ultimate spider-man he is terrifying he murders people like straight up just kills them but um Going from that to this is kind of like a it's a little bit of a leap, especially like even beyond he was not the cackling Doc Ock again just yet. So there's some transitional pains for me, I think, but I'll, I'll give it a chance for sure. But I'm not even reading this run anymore. So who knows? Damn. Well, I'm having fun with it. That's all that matters as long as you are. It really is. Fuck I am the one else. Spider-Man fan that matters. That's true. That's mm-hmm. what they always say. That is sad. Sadly, that is what Spider-Man fans say. Speaking of mm-hmm. Spider-Man fans, Black Panther number one by Eve <laughs> by, by Eve Spy- Ewing. Spider-Man fans, they love black people. Oh, let me don't quote that. But um, I'm very excited to be back into, I'm not going to lie, John Ridley, for me personally, fell off so hard. I was rooting for him so badly for everything. After History of the DC Universe, I was like, oh, I'm all in. John Ridley's the next. He's, he's going to save everything. Black Pan- his Black Panther bat run was not good. I did not enjoy it. I gave up on it. 
Um, I Am Batman was pretty good. And what was the other thing he did? Thin Blue Gotham Line. Oh, yeah. So that uh, wasn't as bad as people said, but still not good. <laughs> um, I also didn't finish that one, so maybe it got worse. So honestly, just so happy to be reading Black Panther again. And hopefully this is the run that hits for me. Because the only run so far of Black Panther that I've loved has been Christopher Priest's run. Uh, I wasn't a big fan of Coates' run personally. Um, it got better as time went on. And I didn't finish the Intergalactic arc. But it did seem to be going in a better direction. Coates just had a, a lot of learning to do for the comics medium. Because he was, you know, he's a great author. I think he's a great author. I've read his books before. But jumping from a book to comics isn't easy. Um, especially when most of the time you're writing, he's usually writing essays, you know? So it's a big leap. It's a lot to manage and learn to trust your artists and to trust, you know, just learning what words and sentences are needed versus taking them out. So I think he learned that a lot over time. You can see him grow as a comic writer, but for me, it was a little bit too late. So I think if I tried the intergalactic uh, arc again, I'd probably love it, but I just couldn't get through it that one time. So for now, it's just Christopher Priest. So it'd be nice to add to that. And I think Ewing is a great, great author. So if they are... And also, they're a yes and person. So they're not just going to erase Ridley stuff even if we don't like it. So I think it's pretty cool to be like, all right, how can I play with this? And like build off of that, which is something I think comics should do a lot more. So I'm very excited to see what they have planned. Yeah, and just kind of going back to that learning how to write for the comics medium conversation... I I got the chance to talk with Victor Lavelle the other night, and he that's something I praised him for. I said, you came in, your saber tooth is incredible, like no growing pains at all. And he told me that was not the case. And it was a big shout out to comic book editorial who historically get a bad rap. Mm-hmm. He's like, I tried to break into comics 15 years ago. And Karen Berger said, you're a very talented novelist. But these aren't very good comics. Go get better and come back some other time. And he's like, so I went and I honed my craft in private and I came back and now it seems like I came out of nowhere. Hell yeah. But sometimes a strong editorial hand is not a bad thing. Sometimes yeah. Karen Berger will tell you, this is not very good. And you will leave and you will come back ready to write Sabretooth. So listen to your editors. They're not all the cartoonish villains we make them out to be on comic book Twitter. Yeah, they're not all Nick Lowe. Um, the other th- <laughs> I'm just kidding. I'm just joshing. I disagree with him heavily on everything he says about Spider-Man, it turns out. Which is funny to learn about someone. Because I, I do like Nick Lowe. But then he went on Twitter. And I the only time I ever saw him on Twitter were two times he was getting ratioed. And I was like, well, how bad could... Oh, and I just totally 100% disagree with what he's saying. I was like, well... That's how the way it goes sometimes. The cookie crumbles in odd places. And we have to eat it anyway. So hopefully uh, someone else takes over as editor. Uh, Captain Marvel is also ending. Ending. I have not been reading that, but I want to give that a shout out because uh, did Kelly Thompson do 50 issues of Captain Marvel? Yes, she did. And they that's were really good. fantastic. So congratulations to Kelly Thompson. I think that's longest. the longest of her and Captain Marvel, right? Or at least uh, Carol Danvers, Captain Marvel? Yeah, that is the... No, I think that's the longest Captain Marvel period. Run. Yeah. Really? I think so. So congratulations all around to Kelly Thompson. That's on both fronts, a huge thing. Kelly Thompson is a phenomenal uh, author. If you haven't been checking out her stuff, you know, Dallas shouted out Black Cloak. I love West Coast Avengers. I loved her Hawkeye run. I wish those went on for 50 fucking uh, uh, issues, but 
Uh, Captain Marvel is also good. I just haven't been reading it, but 100%, you know, big accomplishment. Congratulations. Yeah. Uh, Ryan North's Fantastic Four keeps chugging along. Really, really fun. Ryan North is an incredibly intelligent person, Hmm. and it's very fun to read a giant science nerd's Fantastic Four because all the shenanigans and issues that the Fantastic Four find themselves in in this very episodic version of a Fantastic Four comic are rooted in really interesting science. And it doesn't read so much like uh, this week in popular science, but the stories feel really informed. They feel really clever. And I've been a really big fan. I love the Fantastic Four. I loved the take that came before this. This is completely different, and I love this as well. Hell yeah. I'm going to be finishing up Hickman's run this weekend, so I'm going to... Be looking for more Fantastic Four, so I'm going to probably ch- check this one out next. Or I might also give. I was thinking about giving a uh, Fractions run another go because I remember liking it and everyone else hating it. So because Fraction and uh, Bagley. Yeah, so I got the same Matt Fraction opinions about every Matt Fraction project that's ever <laughs> Matt Fractioned. Is the first third is incredible, yeah. middle third, you're like, damn, this is doing a lot of building. This is going to be so cool when this ends. And then the last third, he got bored and did a terrible ending so he could move on to the next project. Hell yeah. And this is a history of Matt Fraction projects. Good job, Matt Fraction. You're just like me with every assignment I get at work. Mm-hmm. And I have to go to addendum and uh, fix them. Listen, the one project he ever cared about was Hawkeye, and Marvel took it away from him. So, Yeah, I'd hold a grudge too, so fair enough. <laughs> yeah. What else from Marvel? Storm's getting a mini. It should be an ongoing. That's a very, uh, you know, buy the book. Maybe if we all buy the book, she'll get an actual ongoing again. It's kind of crazy. She's only had one ongoing. Like Greg Pak. Yeah. And it was great. And no one bought it except for me, apparently. So, yeah. you know, maybe this is a message to everybody to go uh, buy the comics you love. I want to get caught up on Thor because Thor is one of my favorite characters of all time. Yeah. And when Kate's run got into like guest star of the month for like three, four issues there, I dropped off and I haven't come back yet. And I need to, cause I love this character. We've got the new creative team, Torin Gronbeck and Juan Gideon who oh, really? I love all the all around. I love all yeah. that stuff. So so is Nick Klein going? Where's Nick Klein going? I thought I he's thought going I somewhere else. I just don't remember where. Okay, I have to look, we have to look into that eventually. But oh wait, yeah. he's going oh. to Hulk. Oh yeah, with PKJ. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Dallas is favorite. I like PKJ. I PKJ is so funny because Dallas and I have like very opposite uh, interactions with PKJ, where Dallas gave. I thought fair criticism towards his run and PKJ didn't like that. And I approached PKJ because I heard he was writing Green Lantern. And I was like, I didn't want to be like one of those rude comic fans, but at the same time I was passionate. I'm passionate about Jon Stewart and the angle that's being taken on him in the future. So I was, I, I just messaged him and I was like, Hey man, um, love your work, love action comics and everything. Um, l- listen, Jon Stewart's a, a big character to a lot of us, especially, you know, being black and him being like the big black dc hero besides like static shock so you know it'd be very nice if you focus a lot more on his architectural uh history than his military history um 
which I knew I for my my point of view, I was like, I didn't want to say that because I knew he was a military guy, but I was like, at the same time, because he was a military guy, I was worried he was gonna focus specifically on that. But then he was just like, No, actually I really don't want to focus on the military aspect. I don't like that aspect of him. I want to focus on the architectural side. So and he sold a few other people that uh, from what I've heard from other people. So I, again, personally, I've had a good <laughs> interaction with him and I'm very hopeful for his future stuff. So I'm very interested in Hulk as well. Yeah, I want the guy to succeed. I don't think he's a bad person. We had a sour interaction, but like, come on. It's comic books. Yeah, you it know. happens. I'm yeah. blocked by Gail Simone. I didn't even say anything to her. So. Damn. That's don't wild. Yeah, I'll never know what it is. I literally caught straight. I think I just liked the wrong tweet, and she was like blacklist, or I followed the wrong person. There's a a pretty big comic book podcast that has me and the Comics Collective and Anne all blocked, and I was like, "What did we do? What the hell?" And I I hadn't heard of this podcast until I heard of them, and I was like, oh, "I'm gonna go follow them," and we were blocked. And I was like, "How did oh. this happen? What occurred? Do I know this podcast? Maybe." Message it to me. I'll talk about the next thing I want to talk about. Okay. Uh, Captain America has a lot of books out right now, which is really cool. I think it's really cool that they have two Captain America books going on that are telling different stories, but like similar vibes. I feel like they're not even like that similar of vibes. I'm also not caught up on them, but it's really cool to see two different takes on Captain America from two different creative teams. And also cool to see them coming together in a bigger thing. I think the stuff that they're doing is... Never heard of them. Um, but congratulations. Uh, I'd also block the comic book collective if I could, but they won't let me. So, It's <laughs> <laughs> uh, not as blocked, but you're still on once a month. That's very blocked. <laughs> Just so for the clout. Blocked. Yeah. <laughs> Every time you guys, you guys try to at me for a post, being like, and this week we're joined by Evan Von Doom. I'm just like, I just don't see it. <laughs> like, Evan, you didn't ever retweet our stuff. I'm like, oh, yeah, I'll do that. For sure. Mm-mm. Yeah, man. No, I'm on it. No, I saw it. I just, I was uh, waking up. I was reading some Stephen King before I went to went to work, so I didn't have time to retweet it. But I saw it, yeah. Dear listeners, I don't know if you caught that, but Evan is now part of Stephen King Nation. <laughs> yeah, Stephen King's the goat. Welcome Get to Kingtown. Truly, no one better. And no one else. Like, it makes you mad. Like, you're a little bit like, yeah. no. The best-selling author in fiction isn't the best writer in fiction. Like, uh. It just feels like the kind of thing you got to chip on your shoulder about. You're like, he's like 75. He's written like a million books. All he ever writes about is the same dudes up in 75 Maine. books. And, yeah, 75 books. <laughs> he's 75 years old. Exact. And he's written 75 novels. It's insane. It's insane. Because he did write one a year for his whole life. <laughs> he has another one coming out this year, by the way. Can't stop, won't stop. Can't stop, won't stop. And they're all so good. Even the bad ones are better than most people's good ones. Which is crazy. It's infuriating. You think you're going to read every single Stephen King book? No. No. Oh, okay. But so I'll read a lot of them. Right, fair enough. I'll probably read, like, the top 50. Like, I don't think I'm ever reading Cell. I'll probably read the bad. top 15. <laughs> I'm not as ambitious as you, I don't think. I'll, I'm definitely reading, right now I'm reading The Long Walk, everybody. I'm halfway through. In two days, I'm halfway through already. So that's, that's for me, that's good because I don't read books like that. I usually read comics because I like pictures. I like words. Um, but I'm also like on the side as a personal project writing my own book. And 
I or like I read halfway through the book and I was immediately just like, I gotta go back. I got I gotta change so much shit. It's not good. Stephen King is the goat for a reason. Any any person that he's a fun from the there's jokes about it and everything, but the jokes are true. It's very mm-hmm. fun reading this book. And you're like blown away, and then there's a hard R dropped by a character. And you're like, what the fuck just happened? Like out of nowhere, mm-hmm. the, like this one character, uh, a black character on the long walk, fell over, and someone called him a dumb N word. And I was like, what the? F- where is that coming from? I didn't see that coming at all. That was a bigger reveal than the actual reveal that happened like three pages before this. Mm-hmm. So, uh, if you, also if you haven't read the long walk. Don't read anything about it. Just go read it. Did you know? I tried not to let I you did. know. Uh, people told me. Too many people told me. I knew as well going in. I wish I hadn't. So I tried not to yeah. tell you. You did not. You told me about it too, but it wasn't anything that I didn't already know. That was yeah. also it. Also, wasn't a spoiler. But yeah, when I was talking about looking into the Long Walk or something, or I asked. Oh, I asked someone for recommendations on Stephen King. I don't know if it was under your post or like Keanu's, but. As for recommendations, then someone was like, oh, The Long Walk. And I was like, oh, yeah, that's the Vietnam allegory one, right? And then someone else was just like, yeah. <laughs> Spoiled the premise, which I'm not going to do here. But um, I was like, damn. All right, well, I'll check it out. But I was a little disappointed because once you read the book, the reveal happens like. It's definitely a reveal. 20 pages in, probably less. But it's a reveal. And the build up to it, you don't even know it's building up, but you could feel it. You're like, what is this building up to then the reveal happens you're like oh shit this is this is serious <laughs> so if you i, I would 100 that's a great place to start for Stephen king like i said i'm halfway through uh this is a comic book podcast where we talk about comic books and Stephen king, <laughs> the long walk is really good Stephen king is the goat based off this one book alone i can tell you that yeah every critique that has ever been levied at Stephen king is true and he is still the greatest writer of all time it's insane no one else could survive that kind of criticism he can he can. You, he's so that good. But like, he's also... I, 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 I'm I also a white guy. We're, but, I will say I'm black, but we're doing that. Just so everyone knows it's listening, I'm black. I could, uh, But we are doing that meme right now from Community where it's like, I can excuse racism. <laughs> but I draw the line. But I draw yeah. the line at criticism of Stephen King. Um, what's interesting, you read his more recent books and that stuff isn't there in the same... There are things that are still there and then there are things that aren't anymore, right? And so... He reads like someone who is well-intentioned and trying to learn, but like, man, yeah. there are some strays in those books. Yeah, that's crazy. I'm 600 pages into The Stand, which is a little under halfway. And that book is devastatingly long. And yet still, like, I don't even really know what happened in the first 500 pages, but I loved it. Yeah. Like we were just vibing for 500 pages of like characters like tootling around and like having emotions. The story just started, and I'm not even sad. I was like, oh well, that's better than anything else I've read all year. So sure, yeah. <laughs> this guy riding a motorcycle for 30 pages, just thinking that's better than most novels. So yeah, whatever. All right. Anything else from Marvel you want to talk about? I'm really excited about Guardians of the Galaxy, but until I have issue one in my hands, I cannot give definitive thoughts. Yeah, that's how I feel about all of these right now. Either I'm behind on something, like I haven't started Cosmic Ghost Rider, even though I'm excited about it. Um, If you're not reading Cosmic Ghost Rider, 100% read it. Uh, Stephanie Phillips is a great author. She deserves more love. Juan Cabal is on the art, so it's a banger. 
Um, and I'm behind on uh, Daredevil. I haven't read it since Dark Rain. So I'm like, <laughs> you know, that's what I heard. But I loved the run so far and it's ending in like two months or something. So um, I got to catch up on that. And then like Avengers, it hasn't started yet. So I don't know how the new Avengers book's going to be. Yeah. Should we take our last 30 minutes and hop over to DC Comics? Yeah, Raptors say, read the Gwenpool Unlimited comic thing on Marvel Unlimited. Pay children. <laughs> Go to your parents' wallets. Grab their credit card. Pay for Marvel Unlimited for one month next month and read those two comics to support the girl. Also buy the omnibus. It's only $100. And you I get like, have you get floated like three runs. over that omnibus. I floated over that omnibus like... Bite the bullet. 10 times first sale you see on it bite the bullet and get it and worst case scenario you don't like it and you give it to me that's, that, a, win -win. that's a very real possibility evan yeah like, there's a little bit of villain inside you that i know you already thought that but yeah <laughs> that's why <laughs> that's why i waited on buying it i was like, <laughs> gonna get it i'm gonna buy it uh if you don't get it this summer i'm gonna get it this summer i'm just waiting for a sale personally just because i'm trying to save a little bit of money but it was that or squirrel girl and i got squirrel girl bad choice Gwenpool's better than Squirrel Girl, and I like Squirrel Girl. Ooh, big words. I actually don't want to say that. I take that back. Squirrel Girl's very good. I don't think either's better than the other one. I've, I'm just biased because I love Gwenpool. And the author, the original author of Gwenpool, I'm a huge fan of, and I was a fan of before Gwenpool came out. So he's the reason I read Gwenpool, because at first I was like, this is a, cop a copy of Gwen Stacy and Deadpool. I'm not interested in this. And then I saw he was on the book, and I was like, you know, I guess I could give it a shot. <laughs> you know I'll, I'll give it a chance and i was like wow it's literally neither gwen stacy or deadpool that's very fun so go read gwenpool if you don't like gwenpool that's okay stop listening to the podcast you're no longer invited <laughs> get get the hell get out the fuck out of here we don't need your support close the app we already I... got the download notification that's right we got I... what we get out of you but come back next month <laughs> <laughs> but this episode is no longer for you Oh, man. All right. DC? Let's do it. Okay. Batman, number 136. The Penguin, number one. The Penguin, number zero. That's too many penguins. Why, why isn't it in that order? <laughs> Batman, the Brave <laughs> and the Bold, number two. Poison Ivy, number 13. Real comics. Nightwing, number 105. Catwoman, <laughs> number 56. The Joker, Uncovered, number one. Superman, number five, real comics. Uh, Action Comics, 1056. Superboy, The Man of Tomorrow, number three. Adventures of Superman, John Kent, number four. And my page is stalling. Steelworks, number one. Shazam, number two. Green Arrow, number three. There's so many covers for all these. Green yeah. Lantern, number two. Unstoppable Doom Patrol, number four. Real fucking comics, everyone. Harley Quinn, number 31. Spirit World, number two. City Boy, number two. The Vigil, number two. Uh, Titans, number two. Cyborg, number two. Wow. Don't we? What, are you good? Oh, the, the Flash, <laughs> number 800. There's 10 covers for it. Wonder Woman number 800, DC Pride 2023 number 1, DC Pride through the years number 1. That seems like a fraud endeavor. Batman Incorporated <laughs> number 9. Tim Drake Robin number 10 canceled in Pride month. 
Peacemaker Tries Hard, number two from Kyle Starks. That is the realest comic coming out. The Sandman Universe, Nightmare Country, The Glass House, number three. The Riddler, year one, number five. Batman White Knight Presents, Generation Joker, number two. Static Team Up, Anansi, number one. Icon versus Hardware, number five. Batgirls, number 19. Also canceled in Pride Month. Batman, The Adventures Continue, Season 3, number 6. Batman Superman, World's Finest, number 16. Black Adam, number 12, the comic I could never understand. DC, RWBY, number 5. Detective Comics, 1073, the comic I'm finally understanding. Justice (laughs) Society of America, number 7. It's not coming out that month. That absolutely not coming out. I'll put money on that. (laughs) Multiversity. Harley screws up the DCU, number four. Can't screw it up more than Jeff Johns. Scooby Doo, where are you? Number 122. Superman Lost, number four. A comic I really hope to understand. The Batman and Scooby Doo Mysteries, number nine. The Joker, the man who stopped laughing, number nine. Great covers. He's laughing a lot on that cover, though. Yeah, he doesn't look like he's stopping. Wildcats, number eight. The book that Matt Rosenberg just wants to write. Apparently it's good. I I believe it for whatever reason. Every time I see Grifter's face, I'm like, not for me. No matter what talent you put on it. Matt Rosenberg, I used to think I'd read anything he wrote. Uh, It turns out I won't. (laughs) It seems very 90s, but I'm interested. I'll check Mm. it out eventually. All right. What do we think of DC? Honestly... DC is very split for me. It's very like either I'm like hell yeah, big banger is going out, or it's like okay yeah, that's a book that's happening. But mm-hmm. um, first and foremost, <laughs> I'd be remiss to say because I know there's one listener out there thinking it right now, and her name's Anne. Not a lot of women with books right now for both creators or characters, so. That's something maybe DC should work on a little bit. It's kind of telling that their best book out right now is Poison Ivy by a woman. And we're still kind of struggling to see any other creators. Teeny Howard had three different characters she was working on. Can we, you know, split it up a little or like get more type of voices in there from the feminine side? So that would be my biggest critique of DC right now. But what they're putting out is really good. So I love Poison Ivy's. Um, I'm not, I don't actually like Catwoman, so maybe that maybe maybe I'm talking my ass a little bit, but I think you know we could do a little bit better DC, so maybe we should think about that. But from what's coming out, I like a lot of stuff. I'm I just read the first issue of Superman's new run with Joshua Williamson. Uh, have you read that yet? Yeah, shit hit. It's very good. It's very fun. He has a great mm-hmm. voice for Superman. He has a great voice for Lex. Um, he's giving my girl Mercy Grave some things to do, so that's very nice. Lois Lane's great. Lois it's, Lane's very well written. It's a banger Superman comic. It's what I've been missing for Superman comics for a long time, it turns out. Mm-hmm. So, I'm very excited, and I can't wait to see where he goes with it. Yeah, um, I am very sad that Jorge Jimenez isn't on interiors anymore in Batman. I know he's, like, getting that Mark Millar money. Yeah. But I have been missing him on Batman. I could have sworn I heard he was coming back. I also thought that, but here he is, issue 136, not back. Maybe it was the next issue. I don't know. I hope so. I miss him. He might be my favorite superhero artist 
working? Uh, mine is still Dan Mora, but Jorge Jimenez is a very good second. Oh, hey. also, like, does Chris, like, Samney count? He's not doing superheroes right now. And he's just, like, a general, like, I'm talking specifically superheroes. Okay, like, fair enough. Gigantic rippling muscles punching each other, Jorge yeah. Jimenez. There are okay, other yeah. artists I like better than Jorge Jimenez, but for that niche, Jorge Jimenez. I will agree then. Uh, well, mine's still Dan Mora, but Jorge Jimenez, 100% close second. Love him. Dan Mora, still doing World's Finest. Crazy. Listen, it comes at the cost of Klaus Comics, which I'll never forgive it for, but it's real damn good. How many more Klaus Comics do we need, you know? That's all I gotta say. One a year until I die. <laughs> Alright, I guess that's the answer. <laughs> what do you mean, how many more Klaus comics do we I need? I mean... My man. They're it's fun. It's a perfect comic. Yeah, they're fun. Alright, but I could also be getting a Dan Mora comic every month that's also very good. Come Let on. him do 11 months of that. And one month of Klaus. That's insane. That's an insane ask for him. Because like one month of... You can't do a Klaus... Klaus comics are like 90 pages or something. Yeah, they're big. (laughs) You're going to make him do a whole volume of one comic over a month? You're a monster, Dallas. You're what's wrong with this industry. You're selfish. That's your problem. I've thought that about myself for a long time. All right. The joke's over. That's not funny. I love you. You're not selfish. You're a selfless person. You're a very good person. You give me a lot of gifts. So I really feel loved every time you think about me thanks man um anytime i don't know why but the cover the all-star superman homage with john looking back and then like the giant rainbow going into metropolis it just it makes me feel a lot of tom taylor's version of liberalism feelings (laughs) and i don't know how to expand on that i don't know if you're also feeling that but for some reason looking at that cover i'm always like tom taylor shut up like okay (laughs) all right shut up the second, <laughs> yo, I, I hate to do a quick like side already, but look at the second one and tell me that's not fucking what's his face. That's from Timothy Doom. Chalamet. Yeah, that's Timothy Chalamet. <laughs> they got Timothy Chalamet as John Kent on this cover. Straight up. That's funny as hell. Ooh. Anyway. That's like the, the Sydney Sweeney is Power Girl cover. Did you see that and all that discourse? I did. Yeah, that was funny as hell too. I'm not complaining at all, but. I feel like I would feel weird if I was Sydney Sweeney or Timothy Chalamet. Especially Sydney Sweeney. I'd be like, I didn't sign up to be in that costume. That's true. They are definitely 100% using their likeness. There was also a cover where someone just drew a white version of Rihanna. And I was like, are we not going to talk about this? I can't remember who it was. I wish I could remember. But this happens a lot. Yeah. There's definitely... Actually, last time I said this, I got yelled at by artists because they know they do know better than me. So I'm not going to go into tangent. But I remember there's a time like Serena Williams... <laughs> face got referenced in the comic and i was like it felt so out of place and i got yelled at because they're like it's a reference it's not tracy and i was like it still is serena williams though it's not nubia so i don't know what you want from me but you know hey listen if your comic artists are not getting paid a lot so whatever makes their job easier they should do that even if i don't like it that would be my opinion you know what comic artist is doing the most and i get a comic from nowadays Chris Burnham on Unstoppable Doom Patrol. I've been a Chris Mm. Burnham fan for years. This is my dog. And turns out, Unstoppable Doom Patrol, issue one, incredible. Really? Yeah. They're going with 
basically the Lazarus event. I'm not reading that. But whatever happened in it, in this Doom Patrol, they were like, it activated all sorts of people's super gene. It's just X-Men. Yeah. It's just X-Men. They're going around gathering up people who have these strange new powers and keeping them safe. And it was really fun. They finally full circle Doom Patrol. They did. Doom Patrol is invented. X-Men copies it, becomes more popular. Doom Patrol copies X-Men to try and become popular. Will it work? Time will find out. Hey, if you're not supporting Doom Patrol, um, you should. You know, we all complain all the time that we need more not-Batman comics, and this is a very fun not-Batman comic. Have I read it yet? No, but from the previews alone, I can tell you that. And I bought it, because I know I'm going to read it eventually. And I'm not buying a lot of DC comics right now, because I have DC Infinite Ultra, but I'm putting my money where my mouth is, and I bought Doom Patrol. So, hey. You are 100% right. Not a lot of female written or female character led comics. Mm. Less Batman comics than usual. Still a lot, but less than usual. You think so? I feel like I read a lot of names that weren't Batman this time, and that That's is not always true. Actually true. I remember when we were first like were writing or like starting this podcast, we would have them separated by section and there was a separate section for Batman and a separate section for Bat Family. And I took up half the list. And now I think there's only like really two specifically Batman comics right now. So hey, maybe maybe change is happening and we should be supporting that. Keep it up, everybody. You guys are doing a great job. In other news, Kyle Stark's Peacemaker has Monsieur Mala on the front cover. And that is all I need to get through the rest of this month. I'm trying to scroll down to it, but is that the gorilla? That's the gorilla from Doom Patrol that can talk. Hell yeah. So it's Peacemaker and a gorilla on the cover. Peacemaker is also in the Doom Patrol comic, he right? He is. He is in Doom. He's all, I mean, that show He's was everywhere. very popular. What, Doom Patrol? Yeah. No. Oh, Peacemaker. Peacemaker. Oh, yeah. He is everywhere because he's also in the Green Arrow book, too. Yeah. I mean, he definitely he got his moment in the sun. This goes back to what you were talking about on Twitter today that I you were right. You were talking about how like people don't want to see D-list characters in these movies. And like, I'm sorry, but all but four of these characters are D-listers to the rest of the world. My dad knows who Groot is, but I don't think he knows who (laughs) the Flash is because because of these movies yeah. like so what the hell are you talking about d-list character peacemaker is way more popular than whatever a-lister you think because that show was good 100 so yeah and you know and my tweet was more about you know we should give all these characters a chance like people were trying to say that the center wasn't an interesting villain and i was like you guys are talking about the villain of one of the most popular dc comics of all time right new frontier so even if you didn't realize he was a villain or not he was a big part of that he was the driving force of the narrative so and all these characters need is a shot you know harley quinn wasn't big until she was invented because she wouldn't exist until she was invented she was an original character that they're like yeah throw that into the show i guess and people loved her that's how it starts it always starts with one shot blade has and i i love blade blade's a fun character he has zero iconic stories. He is in the comics. He has no good runs, and I mean that with love. I don't think any of his runs are good. His best, the best Blade content is from Ultimate Spider-Man, where he's just rude to Peter for like an issue, and it calls him an idiot, and then leaves. And I'm like, so it's 
all I'm saying is, in the movies, obviously, he blew up after the movies. So give these characters a shot just because you're like, oh, they, no one cares. They're D-listers. So was Iron Man. So was Guardians of the Galaxy. So was Thor. No one cared about Thor until his movie came out. So give him a shot. Maybe they'll surprise us. That's all I'm saying. Hey, you listen here. Walt Simonson cared about Thor. Yeah, he did. He definitely wrote Thor for a while. Have you read him? No. Okay. Wait, I read the bit. He did Beta Ray Bill, right? Yeah, he did Beta Ray Bill. I read that, yeah. So hear me out. It is a dense motherfucker. Like, you read that book, and there are a lot of words on those pages. Mm -hmm. And they're not always the best words. Okay. Hmm. In that, like, you're like, your art is telling me this. Like, he is still very much someone who was raised on Stan Lee and is like, Thor goes forth, forward into battle. And you're like, I can see that. Well, you're the artist. (laughs) Your art's incredible. I trust you. But that's the best Thor run. I used to think it was Jason Aaron. And then I read Walt Simonson's and I was like, nope, it's better. He Hmm. does a Death of Superman homage where it's a battle between Thor and the World Serpent. In awesome. all splash pages. Oh my gosh. Oh my gosh. I'd love to check it out. It's One really day. good. It's a big commitment. It took me like okay. six weeks to read that omnibus. Damn. Yeah, it's a yeah. it's a big one. Maybe one day. I'm just not the biggest Thor fan, I don't think. But I want to go back and reread uh Samney's run. And I feel like I always want to reread uh Aaron's run, but I just don't have the energy, I don't think. I really like Aaron's run. I do too. I like it. I never read King Thor, but I did like the rest of it. It was a nice coda. like Yeah, just a little wrap-up. Yeah, I mean, the story was over, and then there was a coda. <laughs> Speaking of stories over, uh, Batgirls is ending, but you can still follow Cassandra Kane in Spirit World by Alyssa Wong. Alyssa Wong's a fantastic author. I always praise their work. And uh, I haven't read any Lazarus Planet stuff from them, but they have a new character that's uh, non-binary. Um, and you know, it's, I think the stuff looks cool. So it's going to have the new character. I think their name is Xanth. I want to say, I could be saying that wrong. I apologize if I do, but they're teaming up with Cassandra Kane. They're teaming up with Constantine. So everyone's going to be in it and you should be reading it. There is a Brian Boland cover for Wonder Woman 800. Oh, really? I haven't seen a Brian Boland cover in forever. That's crazy. Sorry. Wonder Woman, you're good. Wonder Woman's ending with 800, and the next issue would be the next month, the new one. The new yes. One. So Daniel Sampier and Tom King have a short little story in 800 that will immediately lead into their new run. Pretty sick. I'm excited. I'm very sad Jeremy Adams is getting taken off the Flash. I mean, I kept being like... Yeah. I'm going to get to that soon. I, I was kind of like, I'm going to read the Mark Wade run and then I'll jump to Jeremy Adams. And then I didn't. Here's my hottest comic take. Hmm. I didn't like the Wade run as much as everyone likes it. Like I read it and I was like, that was nice. There were like three really fun stories. But that like it, that's all it did for me. And so then I kind of yeah. lost my f- flash steam. But people were loving this run. So it's really sad to see the creative taken off of it even though i like size burrier yeah i love size burrier it is very not just sad but a little frustrating jeremy adams really in my opinion kind of revitalized the flash because mm-hmm. i feel like the books was always selling well throughout new 52 and 
Who's a creative team behind that? I can't remember. Francis Manipool is one of them, I know. I don't remember who else. Yeah. But anyway, it was good. But I feel like once Wally West, like the Flash books were selling great ever since, you know, this new run. So it's kind of weird for them to be like, yeah, we're going to put a pin on that now and switch creative forces. We want to take a new direction. I don't understand why that was necessary if it was selling as well as it was. So that was really confusing to me. And it will probably continue to be confusing to me for the rest of my life. And Jeremy Adams was not done. He had way more ideas he wanted to do. He thought he had like another year or two, at least, to tell stories. So it really is a damn shame that he just got the axe for seemingly no reason, except for they just wanted to switch it up for no reason. Um, but you can follow Jeremy Adams. He's continuing his work with, uh, he'll be doing Green Lantern, the Hal Story uh, run. Uh, sorry, the Hal Jordan run ongoing that's going on. What did I say? Hal Story? Hal Jordan? Story, yeah. Yeah. I guess I'm tired. I'm sorry, everybody. I had no idea until I just said that. Uh, but So I don't like Hal Jordan, but I'm very excited to see what he has to say about Hal Jordan. And, you know, maybe this will be the one that, this be the run that will make me love Hal Jordan in the same way that his crazy fans do on Twitter that call me racist slurs. I, yeah. No. <laughs> um, I really liked Morrison's and I really liked The New Frontier. I do like the New Frontier version of Hal. And Morrison was probably the closest I got to like really understanding why people like Hal Jordan. Yeah. Um, we're here in DC Corner, and so I feel comfortable asking you this. You finally read Bane One Bad Day. Oh, yeah, I did. I forgot about that. Yeah, it was awesome. Yeah? I loved it. I liked, I really liked... So the, I, my thing about One Bad Day comics, and I didn't read a lot of them before this, to be fair, um, but I wasn't really a fan of like them taking the idea of one bad day and being like, oh, the villains get bad. Like they get worse with their one bad day. I didn't love that concept. So to have the Bane comic kind of go into the direction of, um, oh, what does one bad day mean? Like what did the killing joke really mean for Batman and for uh, Jim Gordon instead of being what it didn't mean for the Joker? And that's what they took the direction for Bane, I felt like. So I really liked what they did with that. I'm trying not to spoil anything, but I also really like that Bane had an idea, sorry, the narrative presented the idea of what Bane's one bad day was, and then Bane was just like, actually, my one bad day was this event. And so it kind of recontextualized everything that happened before that. And so once it, the story moved forward from that point, um, the one bad day had a new meaning thematically. And so Bane's um, shot at redemption uh, hit a lot more close to home, I think, for the character. And so as a, I'm a huge Bane fan. Bane's my Besides maybe Scarecrow, Bane's probably closer. Like, there was definitely a time where Scarecrow was my number one uh, Batman villain. But I think over time, Bane surpassed that. And I just never acknowledged it. But Bane's probably my favorite Batman villain. He's one of my favorite DC villains for sure, easily. Um, so I thought this was one of the story, And also, I wasn't a fan of uh, Tom King's City of Bane arc. I liked his early Bane, didn't like his later Bane. So... I, I've been kind of in a drought of Bane content. I really think he peaked with uh, Gail Simone's Secret Six. But this was like the closest I got to being like, oh yeah, someone finally gets Bane again. Like we have a Bane that feels like he has a chance to move forward in a new direction that's not tied to I broke the bat. So what'd you think of it? I really, really liked it. I was definitely like halfway through, I was like, dang, I'm having a good time with this. But you know who's going to adore it? Evan. <laughs> I really liked, I don't know, I liked Luchador Bane. 
I that was fun. That was something that sorry to interrupt you, but that was something where I was reading and I was like, damn, this could be really fun, or it could get very racist very quickly. So I didn't know which direction it was gonna go. So I was very excited when I was like, oh no, this is like a pretty thoughtful commentary and like just cultural recognition. Yeah. I thought it was really fun. Um, I like Bane the most when he's very cerebral. When he's mm-hmm. like, he's Batman's opposite, right? He is yeah. as smart as Batman. He is stronger than Batman. He's a very fun character that way for me. And I thought this comic did a good job of putting him next to Batman as an equal. Mm-hmm. But he also got to be the protagonist of the story instead of the antagonist, which yeah. was really delightful. I thought it was one of the best. This one, Clayface and Riddler have been my favorite. Yeah, I also read the Clayface one, which went against everything I wanted from a One Bad Day comic, but totally nailed it. It mm-hmm. was really good. Okay. If I think it, I think it was better than the Bane one, to be it honest. Was. It was. But uh, it's hard for me to say which one I think is my favorite. So I've only read those two. I read a snippet of the Penguin one, then stopped for some reason. Uh, so maybe I didn't like it. But I, I'm going to give them all a shot, shot again. I read some previews from the... Uh, I saw the Discourse, obviously, for the Riddler one, which I have no opinion on right now. And I saw some preview pages from the Catwoman one, which looks good. So I am really excited. Also, I didn't hear anything about the Mr. Freeze one. So it, I'm guessing that's a testament to what it is. But. It was very safe. It was yeah. like, oh, this is a Freeze story. The but, Mateo Scalera art ruled. That's good. That's the thing I was excited about for the Penguin one was the artist on that, who I can't remember. Giuseppe. Olivia. Yeah. Kevin Coley, right? Yeah. But I love their art. So I was very excited about that. But Tom Taylor apparently nailed it with Raj Al Ghul, which is the one book I totally wrote off because I like Tom Taylor. He is very hit or miss with me. And I was like, oh, Tom Taylor writing Raj Al Ghul. He's going to fucking flop. I thought he was going to fall on his face with that. But I heard people who I know are not happy with Tom Taylor nowadays, read it and were like, that was his best work in years. And I was like, that's crazy. So I'm waiting for that to hit DCIU. Um, but once it does, I'm going to eat that shit up. I'm very excited. Dang, I'll have to circle back and read it. The only people that I heard really liking it are like big Tom Taylor shooters. And I was like, mm. ah, I'm okay. Yeah, so. no, I heard modern day Tom Taylor haters being like, yeah, this was great. And I was like, shit, that says something to me. Damn, I last note about batman one bad day hmm. very funny that the only one that i have seen like sizable discourse on is the tom king one like that guy yeah. truly just has people that hate him like their whole thing is hating him <laughs> you know like <laughs> he shows up tells a riddler story and it was all i heard about for a week and then i haven't heard anyone talk about any of these since then it is crazy he definitely brings in an audience one way or another he brings in discussion one way or another um I do think a lot of it is unjustified. I would agree that there, if you don't want to hear from someone who is in the CIA, every book from him is going to be bad. A hundred percent. I agree with that. But if you're going to be like, I don't know, some people just have different jobs and sometimes we don't agree with that job, but can their art stand alone? Sometimes yes, sometimes no. It's a really personal decision for you. And for me, there's some Tom King books that I, I just consume. And that may make me a bad person, but that's a discussion for another day, I think. But in terms of quality, I don't know how I can speak on the Riddler stuff, but a lot of Tom King stuff is hit or miss for me. Like Human Target was a miss for me. It was a hit for some other people. So 
but then you have like Supergirl, you have Superman up in the way, you have Mr. Miracle, you have the first half of his Batman run. I'm like, hell yeah, man, Tom King's the GOAT. So I will always give him a shot. I'm going to give Gotham Year One a shot, which is a book I never thought I'd read. So, dog. Yeah. It was real good. Uh, except maybe the last line. I can't, literally, the last line of the whole book. I oh, was really? like, that's weird. I don't know if that's that right. Yeah. I'm also really scared about Danger Street. I want to start it, but I'm very scared about Lady Cop. <laughs> I'm very, cause just, I, I don't know how he's going to handle Lady Cop, so I'm very scared about that. There is no deep commentary going on. See, that's what I was afraid of. Lady. She is literally just like a friendly small town cop that's like getting invested in a mystery. Like, oh, that's not bad then. Never no, mind. it's not. Like, it's yeah. it doesn't read bad. Like, okay, it, it is not like we really got to get behind the cops, but it's also not like it's not a story about cops. Like, she just yeah. happens to be a small town cop. Like yeah. that's that's what it is. I think if people can forgive Tom Ridley for sorry. John Ridley for just writing the most propaganda thing <laughs> this year or two years ago or whenever it came out. Um, I think we could forgive Tom King for not addressing everything with Lady Cop. Yeah, but we'll see. I I don't know. I am not the end all be all decider on whether no. or not he's doing a good job. I just I there, a... there has not been anything that has like struck me wrong. You know? Yeah. So like eh, whatever. Yeah, and also we're like two American dudes, so mm-hmm. it's very possible that we're just totally missing a big part of this conversation. So excuse us if we... I mean, I mean this genuinely. That sounds like it's going to be sarcastic when I said excuse us, but I generally mean like excuse us, forgive us, uh, you know, educate us if we're totally just speaking of our ass on this situation. Yeah, I hope that we do a good job of being open to... Yeah. Like, if we say something wrong, like please let us know. Yeah. I think I definitely do a better job of that on Twitter because there's a lot of tweets where I'll tweet or I'll start to tweet, draft it, come back to it later, and then take a new, more neutral approach to it. Uh, on this is more spitballing, so we don't have a lot of time to like really think about what we're saying or what we really meant to say. So there's a lot, probably a lot of stuff I say that I sound like an asshole or I sound like dismissive of issues, but I really do care about the issues and I do care about other voices. And if, so, uh, if something's not affecting me in the same way it's affecting other people, I do want to hear those voices and opinions, even if I don't agree with them right now. So um, like Dallas was saying, I hope we are coming off more thoughtful than we sometimes might appear. Yeah. I I also hope it's understood that like our statements are not definitive statements. All we can do is speak from our experience, try to speak as informed individuals, but ultimately we have not lived your experience we hope that you voice it to us and if we're like evan said if we're talking out of our ass let us know speaking of talking about our ass zencaster is telling us we have five minutes left to wrap this up because they switched their model so now we can't record for over two hours we have to wrap it up at the two hour mark so uh dallas is there any other comics you want to very quickly shout out shazam number two mark wade and dan mora i'm incredibly excited never read a shazam comic that is coming out oh yeah monthly and I really like that character, so I'm excited. Yeah, shout out to Jeff Johns. Uh, I'm very excited for when <laughs> get this Shazam comic that never came out. Anyway, um, I'm very excited for Stag Team Up with uh, a Nazi. Uh, if you don't know, a Nazi is a, a very big African um, folklore. It's one of the biggest ones to come out of Africa. I grew up knowing that story uh, about him and his uh, his trickster ways. And so when he appeared on the Static Show. 
um, as a superhero. I thought that was really cool. And it was a huge, it was my favorite uh, episode and the most memorable episode for me. So to have him come in the comics, I think this is the first time he's actually appearing in the comics. I could be wrong about that, but uh, I'm very excited for it. And I think the creative team behind it looks very fun. It's a one shot. Um, I've been looking for another static book to jump onto. So very excited about this one. Absolutely. I, that's all for me. The end. Uh, I think that's all for me. I'm sure there's something I'm missing, but just know that whatever it is, I love it and you should check it out. Um, and yeah. My last word. If you feel like you are in a comic book slump, if you're feeling disappointed by the comics from the big two, or just comic books in general, if you're feeling discouraged, I would encourage you to just to try and realize, hey, this is a hobby that's supposed to be bringing you joy. And if it's not, reassess that relationship, right? Like, if this is something that is actively upsetting you, making your days worse, engaging with comic books and the discourse around them, I would encourage you to try and contextualize that within your life. These don't need to have that kind of sway over what's going on. And there is an incredible backlog of wonderful books. I am consistently impressed by the things that I come across. You'll find these big, long image comic series like Chew or like Deadly Class that Evan loves so much. And you're just going to have 60 issues to sink your teeth in and love. I promise you that there's something out there that you will love so much. And if you're not finding it right now in these weekly comic books... Set yourself free from that burden. If ever this hobby is becoming a burden, be willing to take a step back and come back when you miss it. If you're just going off momentum, it's okay to stop. Yeah, we take breaks from the big two, especially all the time. You know, I think Dallas took a break for like half a year at one point. <laughs> so it <laughs> came back. And, you know, there's no, there's, eventually there'll be something that comes that draws you back and then you're excited again. And if you miss a run, you can always go back to that run. Um, but, you know, comics are more than just superheroes. If a superhero you don't you, that you love is not doing it for you. I think the big one right now for a lot of people is Spider-Man. There's other Spider-Man books to check out that are going on right now. You could try out Miles Morales. There's a backlog of Miles Morales you missed. There, you could try out the new India Spider-Man comics coming out. That's a miniseries. Spider-Gwen. There's Silk. There's Venom, there's Carnage. You have options. You also have the backlog that you always go back to. So, you know, always experiment. Try some new things. If it looks interesting, it probably is. Give it a shot. Yeah. Uh, Evan, if you had to recommend one long comic run to someone who feels sad about not enough female characters at DC, what would you throw out there? I would say check out Pretty Deadly. It's not the longest Ooh. thing in the world. But it is very good from Kelly Sudakonic, really strong female protagonists, really stylized, wonderful Western. You'll be blown away. Damn, that's a great choice. I would go with, I don't know how long, it's not the longest, but Gwenpool, that omnibus is long. It's thick. Check it out. Um, alternatively, not a superhero thing or even an action thing, but Giant Days. Giant Days has very good um, female leads and hits a lot. It doesn't age great in some areas um i think the only time it doesn't age great for me was uh when uh ether or esther uh, esther sorry esther wears um japanese cultural attire for a costume so uh we might have ran out of time 
I can't I got, tell. Well, I got one minute left. Okay, we have one minute left. All right, cool. So this is our last minute of recording, so we have to wrap it up, unfortunately. Thanks, Zencaster, for that new update. That's really cool. Um, if you like the podcast, remember to go on to Spotify or wherever you're listening to and give us five stars. You can also follow the podcast at What's Next Comics on all the things like Twitter and TikTok. You can also follow me at Edmund Reads Comics. Tell us where they can find you. You can find me on Twitter at CMX Collective, on TikTok, The Comics Collective. Please read some great comics and let us know about them. Thanks. And we'll see you next month. Bye-bye. Bye.